folks. Matt here from Crypto News. This is your host, and I am extremely excited about today's episode. If you're a fan of memes, you are absolutely going to love this one. Today's guest is a meme expert, literally, and owns one of the coolest companies and domains around, meme.com. Our guest is a software professional who specializes in Java, HTML, CSS, PHP, and SQL. He has used his knowledge to establish and grow several startups he co-founded, including Qlart, Strassel, and Winner. Present day, he's the chief meme officer and ancient alien at meme.com and Marble Cards, which has received venture capital funding and is growing like wildfire. I'm very pleased to welcome to the Crypto News Podcast, Johan Unger. Johan, welcome to the show. Thank you. Happy to be here. Really excited to have you on. Meme.com, what a name. I got to start off by asking you the question. I'm sure tons of people would love to know, and you don't have to answer this, how much did that domain cost you? Uh, I mean, it's public. The seller announced it, but 1.2 million wow. USD. And well worth it, I assume? Definitely well worth it. So um, we actually paid for it with the revenues from Marble Cards uh, and, and some luck. So our revenues was in Matic tokens and then... We were very early on Matic, so we received a lot of Matic there. And then, as we did, Matic went up and up and up. And we said, okay, we've been this lucky. We should really invest this in something that we believe will have long-term value. And so we said, as we're in memes, we need to have, as nobody owns memes, um, our one competitive advantage really could be what real estate do we build on. And so we believe meme.com is a very, very powerful brand in a sort of meme economy. So that's where we went with that. That's crazy. What? Uh, <laughs> that's absolutely insane. Uh, 1.2 mil for a domain. That's got to be up there. But I, I absolutely love that. And memes alone. What made you get so hooked on memes? Everyone loves them. Like heck, even boomers are starting to fall in love with memes because they start seeing the same pictures circulating around the internet time after time after time. And then you get familiarized, and then you sort of fall in love, and you're like, okay, I, I get the meaning behind this. What was it about memes that got you to fall in love? So I've always been interested in how people consume content on the internet and sort of share content. But it wasn't until uh, early or, or in 2018 when we uh, started Marble Cards that I got really interested in it. And I think that that was because there was this financial aspect. So brief, brief backstory on what Marble Cards is. It could be described as a way to bookmark web URLs using NFTs. And so the way it works is if I find a, a bookmark that I like, it could be a meme on Know Your Meme or like a tweet or a Wikipedia page or something. I can quote unquote marble that thing into a, a um, an NFT um, containing the, the URL and the sort of link back to the content. And when we launched that, we do that on a site-by-site -site basis. So when we launched that, we started with the site Know Your Meme. And so everybody was marbling memes. And initially, or, or right away, People want to have the best cards, right? And to be able to determine what are the best cards, you need to learn about all the different memes. Right. And so ever since then, I've always considered memes to be these like cultural artifacts that people use in different ways and they have different values. And so I, yeah, it just went down that path and more and more and more get into to why they are important and why, why I think they will be like the pop culture icons of the future. Why the name Marble Cards? Um... Good question. So a marble card consists of an image from the URL taken from the open graph. So it's the same image as when you share a link on, on Twitter or on, on Reddit or whatever. And around it is a generative art pattern that is slightly similar to a marble, marble pattern. It isn't really, 
but gotcha. uh, it kind of looks like it. And so marble.cards just sounded like a good good name. So we're still, uh, now that we're meme.com, uh, but, but the NFTs are still marble cards, so we'll continue to be so. Um, but we are launching more types of NFTs. And we will get into that a couple uh couple minutes, I, I get, maybe not minutes, but we'll get into that later on down the show. Now, I, I do want to go back to the inception of meme.com. When you were telling, and again, you, you dropped out of uni, had a couple successful startups, received VC funding for meme.com. What did that pitch look like when, when you and VCs are in a room or on a Zoom and you're pitching them asking for money? Now, of course, they know the power of memes, but were you literally like, we are operating at the intersection of memes? It's like NFTs and social media. And on your website, you describe yourself as what would happen if Doge and Wikipedia had a baby, which is hilarious. What did that conversation look like in the room with VCs? Uh, so, more um, like <laughs> more serious than you might think, or more like people. The concept of a meme market is something that's been around for a long time, uh, especially in crypto. And obviously, it's things like Dogecoin, but also um, later things like. The, the NFT hyper scene now, it's all meme markets. Yeah. People are speculating on the popularity of different trends uh, and the people believing in them. And so when we, uh, when we pitched this as a sort of, you know, we want to really, really dive into this. We want to build tools for the meme market and being able to capture value of memes and measure them against each other and sort of pull more people in by having these monetary, quote-unquote, games. Um, the people were intrigued. Investors were intrigued right away. And it was crazy to see the reception we got. It was very easy round to raise, to be honest. And that's coming from us trying to raise capital since early 2018 on the idea of marble cards. I guess it's due to, to the NFT hype this year as well. But uh, where, where we before had received people saying, yeah, this is interesting, but we don't get it at all. And we think that NFTs are interesting, but yeah, we don't know what will happen with that. To then coming into raising funds earlier this year, with this, I, this, this extension of what we're already doing with all this experience we have and, and, and being at the right time in the NFT space. Yeah, it, it turned out to be fairly a fairly quick quick race in terms of time. Right time, right place. It seems like yeah, that's definitely. always this, the secret sauce that you need. Now, you're an NFT expert yourself. And I had uh, LK Shelley on the pod from Finity. And she's also an NFT expert. And I asked her a question. I'm going to ask you the same question. A little pretext first. When you go on OpenSea and you look at sort of the top 50 NFT projects right now, there's sort of that stencil or that blueprint that keeps being used. It's pick a pick an adjective and pick an animal, right? Like cool cats, lazy lions. And, and it seems to work. And on top of that, you have these 10,000 NFTs within said collection. And there are 8 to 12 characteristics or properties that get randomly generated. And that sort of gives it its utility and its uniqueness and, and the whole scarcity aspect. Are we going to keep seeing that moving forward? Is is this just a trend? Like, what's your whole two cents on this on this current NFT boom that involves adjective plus animal? Um, so, first of all, I don't check OpenSea leaderboards basically at all <laughs> anymore because I don't think that they, you know, it's pure hype, right? Very little substance. I think that a a sign of bubble in crypto uh, has been copycats. You mm. saw it with ICOs, you saw it with uh, food Ponzi's last year, you're seeing with it with 10K PFP, PFPs now. And so I think that this is something that will not continue, and most of those will be um, worthless than, than what they are now. 
that said, all bubbles are a sign of something something interesting. And I think that this is the first a really big bubble I've seen in the NFT space. I've been in it since, since inception in 2017 and on, on Ethereum. And um, so I think as a whole, the space will just keep growing and and you know producing more and more interesting things. I don't think that the 10K copycats are a part of that, though. Some are interesting. I think some of them will remain, obviously, and I don't count CryptoPunks and not necessarily Bored Apes to that, but, but everything that's coming out now, I think, is, uh, yeah, just copycats, which have and a hard lasting, lasting value. No, that's, hey, you're, you, you got a point there. So what's your secret sauce then? If you're going NFT hunting, let's say, you know, someone airdrops you a bag of, you know, you got 10K USD in ETH. Where, where are you looking to spend that money on if you had to throw it into NFTs right now? So I often get that question from from friends and, and, and people. So I always answer crypto voxels land uh, because I, I I think long term virtual worlds are a very good um, a very good use case for NFTs because it enables property rights and people to build on property rights uh, to build experiences and, and, and real estate. So I, I always say that, and I don't think that's it's especially hyped at the moment. So that would be my answer now as well. Obviously, um, things like CryptoPunks and autoglyphs yeah. and early super rare art and uh, art blocks and so on. I think those long-term are good investments as well, but obviously they're more hyped at the moment. Going back to the whole virtual land thing, which projects are you most bullish on? Are you a sandbox guy? Are you a Decentraland guy? Sonium Space? Who do you think has the most potential? It's a good question. I have land in all of them, so I try to. It's, I think it's a very difficult question to answer because it's very, very hard to sort of see the future. <laughs> Where it's going, but I'm definitely most bullish on on crypto voxels because I think it's just a, such a one. The vibe is the one that feels most authentic to me. It's the first one. Uh, I've been one of the biggest. Uh, I've been very bullish on on crypto voxels since the start. So we're one of the first projects to have like a um, location there, and, and we have a bunch of plots near the, the center and so on. Nice. So that I'm obviously a bit biased, but I, I just feel that every time I go there, that's what gives me the most satisfaction. Um, that said. It's it's difficult to say. They all have their different approaches. Right. The answer might even be that they all will be successful and be a part of of like a, a broader metaverse and play together. So that's what I hope, obviously. But if I were to pick one, it would be crypto voxels. I'm going to ask you a tough question, and I apologize in advance because this one sucks, and I've been asked this as well. How do you measure? You just talked about how it makes you feel. How do you measure that qualitative aspect? Because again, like I like going for me, I, I I could spend literally 24 hours every single day just looking at shitty NFT projects on OpenSea. I absolutely love it. If if I'm on at you know 12 at midnight and I go on OpenSea and go to the projects that are trending 24 hours over 24 hours, I'm buzzing. I'm up. I get energy. I get a little adrenaline, right? It could be rareable, whatever. What do you what are those feelings you're looking for when you're when you're researching these projects like can you try to describe what that feeling looks like for me i'll look at you know how how happy it makes me perhaps like is the sentiment of the nft or the art is it happy over sort of sad or maybe violent that's like one thing for me how do you explain that qual and again my apologies such a tough and weird question no i think it's obviously how it makes me feel at the time is something um which needs it's a box that needs to be ticked um, sometimes you know you you fall to FOMO on Twitter or similar, yeah. and you buy something that looks okay. Okay, I, I might as well buy this because other people like it. But uh, but the big moves I do is when I feel that something 
when I can't really see the end of what it is, and I feel that there are so many possibilities and direction that this thing can go, mm. um, that I can squint and see some of them, but I can't see all of them. And that's, that, that, that's really, that really gets me excited. And so projects like that are, again, virtual worlds, uh, virtual clothing like brands, um, obviously our own product products like marble cards and meme.com can take and, and, and the creator platform super rare and, and, and so on. Um, so that would be my answer. So, so you're looking for infinite potential is what you're looking for. For Yeah, I would say that. Um, obviously it's different for art, art I buy because, you know, yeah. the combination of who, is, who the artist is and, and do I like what it looks like and so on. But, but the really, what really gets me excited are those, um, those ideas that you can sort of grasp, but you don't see where they, where yes. they might end up. Yes. As opposed to a penguin, I, you know, obviously can see where, <laughs> even though they might extrapolate on that, but yeah. Of course. And, and, and that, that leads to, uh, to the next question, social media, where do you, that's where memes go around. How do you source memes? When you see a meme, how do you know, are, are, do you have the same feeling? Like, are you like, wow, this meme could have infinite potential? Or are you sort of waiting for it to circulate? How does that how does that work? Like how how do memes become popular? Um, so memes become popular by having people remix them and share them and sort of engage people with them. For me personally, Marble Cards is um, always tells you if there is a new meme that is trending or that is sort of bubbling because somebody will have marbled it. Currently, there are around one hundred thirty thousand Marble Cards created, so people really really want to get the best memes early. So I would say, and also that's something that, that, that that's what we're trying to achieve, right? We're trying to achieve this very effective skin in the game curation mechanic where people pay money to amplify something. Mm. And when they do that, the, the crap is sort of filtered out because, you know, when you share something on social media, I can share anything at no cost. And I can just keep spamming everything. But when you actually have to pay for it, then it sort of filters out. And so I would say, I would almost say Marble Cards is my go-to source for the latest memes. Johan, I'm so curious about the metaverse. How are memes going to play in the metaverse moving forward? What is their purpose in the metaverse? I think memes are uh, part communication, part entertainment. And so I think that they will continue to be so in the metaverse. To me, the metaverse is a digital sort of realm where you can work and, and sort of spend your time and, and have fun. And I think that meme creation and a, uh, an extension communication creation and, and entertainment creation is something that will be very, very important in the metaverse. And so I think that the, the meme economy and creating good memes and spreading them will be something that you not only can have fun with, but also profit from if you're good at it. That's <laughs> profiting from memes. It's crazy. Um, you are sort of the chief meme officer. I, I know you and your co-founder are both chief meme officers at meme.com. I'm actually only ancient alien and he's Sir Stong. So we don't have, we, we have a very flat organization. We don't want like anybody being over uh, above anyone else. Love that. So no I'm, chief, I'm the co-founder. I'm a co-founder. Okay. So co-founder, no chief meme officer, but there are actual companies, there are fortune 500 companies hiring chief meme officers and paying them hundreds of thousands of dollars to monetize memes by turning profit and creating communities. That is absolute bananas. Imagine if you told someone five years ago that your title would be the chief meme officer and we're going to pay you 100K. That's, again, that's batshit crazy. Absolute banana lands. Are we going to see more of this? Like, how, how integral are memes to a company's social footprint moving forward? So in, in this sense, I would, 
equate memes and marketing. Memes are a way, you know, it's a, it's a storytelling medium. It's a way to get distribution. And so what they're actually looking for are good marketers that are able to create messages that people um, that people want to share. It's the same thing if you look at something like Mad Men. You know, people were, they were creating memes, right. essentially yeah. what they were doing. Um, so I think it's just a fancy, or like a fun hip word, you know, boomer is trying to be hip with a, no, I'm kidding. But, um, you know, it's, it's a fancier <laughs> word for, for being good at marketing and being um, under, able to understand what gets people to engage. That's the first time I've heard that Mad Men reference. That, that's bang on, though. That is what they were doing back then. Totally. That's crazy. And then meme itself, who started the word meme? Um, Richard Dawkins uh, in the 70s, I think, as a way to describe uh, an idea that spreads, basically. So a meme is anything. But then we have internet memes that are, are ideas that, mm. that, that spread natively on the internet. And so then you have this sort of cultural trace with all these different icons like Doge and Pepe and Hide the Pain Herald and Iron Cat. And, you know, <laughs> the list goes on. Which one's your favorite? You got to pick one. Give me one favorite. Uh, it's a good question. If I were to pick one, I would pick Doge. Uh, just because I think it, everybody can relate to, to a fun do- dog. And, you know, it's a very, very, and it has Doge coin. And also because I own the marble card of the, the first Doge card. So I'm Ooh. a bit biased. <laughs> <laughs> trying, wh- trying to pump my bags. What is, what is that marble card worth right now? It's a good question. I will never sell it. But I, if I were to sell it, at least a couple of ETH, probably more. That much already? I mean, it's made in early 2019. So... But yeah. Oh, sh- how'd you get it so quick? Were you in on Doge back then? I mean, Marble Card la- launched on Testnet in uh, in in eighteen, mid eighteen, and then we launched on ETH Mainnet early twenty nineteen. So we're actually one of the first uh, NFT projects on Ethereum. So I made it uh, day one, obviously, right at the launch of Marble Cards on Mainnet. Um, okay, yeah. so you, that's some some crazy foresight going on there. Why do you think Doge would blow up? Clearly, you thought it would blow up, or did you just think the dog was cute? So Dogecoin is actually. Very big inspiration of already before we started Marble Cards. They were it's the first, it's the first thing that has value, just because it's a meme. You know, you could argue that Bitcoin to some extent is that as well, but it has all these attributes. But Dogecoin is just it's valuable because it's the meme and it's funny, and you know people buy into that because of that reason. And so that was the inspiration to Marble Cards. It's the same thing. Can can a card made out of a URL that has no um, IP claim or any value from what is actually marbled, but it still is valuable because it has a mimetic connection. So that was like the, the inspiration um, for Marble Cards and obviously what we're doing now with, with Meme.com as well. How big is your Doge bag? You must have got in nice and early. I see that smile. For, folks, you can't see a smile at home, but he's smiling big. <laughs> That's okay. That's okay. <laughs> it's, a, it's a nice, healthy bag. Congrats on that one. Um, Going back to marble cards here, tell me the process of how they are created. How do I go about minting one? If I see a meme and I'm like, hey, this is going to be the next big one, I got to get in on this. How do I go from see meme, like it, and turn it into a marble card? What does that process look like? So, what you would have to think about so, marble cards, it's still all these years, it's still a com- complicated project, and, and, and we're doing it um, with that intention just because we want to slowly iterate and see what works. But right now, there are a limited amount of sites you can marble from around 40, 50, something like that. You can't marble from Twitter or Instagram yet, but that will be possible in the coming weeks. But in terms of memes, we would think that the best source of memes is know your meme or potentially Reddit. So if you want to capture mm. the most value of a new meme, you would probably try to get the URL from know your meme and marble that, maybe get the, something from Reddit, one of the early 
sources from there. And and technically what you do is you copy the URL, you go to Marble Cards, there is a create card button, you just paste it there, check if it's available. If somebody marbled it before you, you can't make it again. If it's available, you pay with meme coin, which is our token, uh, which you can buy on the site if you don't have any. And yeah, you're good to go. And that's it. Not, no other stipulations, no other hidden BS. No. Nice it's a very, very open. Yeah, but you, you said it was complicating. That's, that's I mean, it's complicated it in the sense that you need to understand okay, what are, what are the sites that, that are available? And since it's a limited amount of sites, a lot of URLs. Are already taken. It's gotcha. a challenge to find any gotcha. meme on your meme. There, there are like ten thousand cards created from your memes. Right, <laughs> a lot ten thousand memes are created, created. So in that sense, it's a bit complicated. But yeah, we're just you know we see healthy growth on Marvel cards. People more and more get attached to it, and so I just think it's going to get get better and better. And we have some some new features coming up that that will also bring support creators and, and bring royalties to them. Which has been one thing that we've been lacking. Love, hey, that's uh, that's incredible. And the coin itself, you got mem. Was meme already taken? M E M E coin. Yeah. Somewhere already snagged it. I mean, it's a meme project, the DeFi um, sort of DeFi NFT project from last summer, where you stake you stake meme to get something that you then can buy art from. Gotcha. Okay. So and, that was taken. So yeah, we, we picked M E M. It's and, actually meme meme in Swedish. Oh, that's it. That's it's called mem. Yeah, mem. No, oh. it's called meme. It's the same, but it's spelled, spelled. It's spelled mem. Gotcha. Okay, good to know. Um, another part about marble cards that is very intriguing is the arena game. I'd love if you could tell our listeners a little bit about that. So the two goals that we're trying to achieve is is one, curate the the value or measure the value of of internet content, like trends and, and so on. And the second one is we want to reward content creators and curators, and Step one, what we did with Marble Cards was we built this platform that let people create these cards out of the URLs, but then you couldn't do anything with it. And if you look at Web2 platforms, there are always two components. You can create the content, and then you can curate it by liking stuff in, in, in the different feeds. Um, that is a very tried um, approach, and we think coming with the same thing is very difficult. And so we wanted to find a sort of like a crypto gamified approach where you, to content curation. So what we came up with is a hot or not, like we have two different um, sites. You have A or B, which you can choose from, which you like most. And so that is the arena. It's a, a set of it's a set of sub arenas around different topics like memes or art or movies or just best cards in general. And people can go into those and vote. And as they vote, they earn crypto, like play to earn. And on the other side, you have people submitting cards, and if their cards do, their cards do well. They also earn meme coin from from having put up this great content. That is from our real cards, and so what we're now doing is we're expanding this to all NFTs on meme.com. So you will be able to battle any NFT against any other NFT. So you will have arenas. It could be like best art or best animals or best whatever thing, and then people battle them against each other. The best ones win some meme coin, the, the poor ones lose some because there's a small fee to, to submit the, the NFTs to the arena. And then you have these voters, these curators who come in, they can come in daily and vote a little bit and earn some extra crypto from that. I feel, Well, one, that's a brilliant way to get people to log hours on the platform. Like You could easily go into a rabbit hole and be doing that for hours at a time, just clicking yes or no to which one's better. Uh, kudos for that. Um, but the long-term community aspect, what is the long-term goal of meme.com in regards to creating community and monetizing memes? It's supporting the meme economy, having people 
not only artists, but anybody who wants to express creativity in some point. To Today, to get into one of the NFT, sure, you can publish on OpenSea, obviously, um, but they have some other content restrictions. But we want people to create memes, to create stories, who remix content in different ways. They should be able to come using our, our tools. And if they're good at what they do, they should be able to earn a, a decent amount from that and be able to maybe not entirely, but at least support parts of their, their, their life from that, that I would say is like the, the very, very long term goal. And then in the other side of that, having these creators and curators being rewarded, that that output actually provides a good, um, like a financial signaling mechanism for the value of trends. So you will be able to come to the side and see what is actually trending right now. What do people believe in? People are, have skin in the game in, in, in doing these curation signals. So those are the two sides. One, measuring the value of content using crypto incentives, and then when doing that, rewarding creators and curators. Very interesting. Speaking of rewarding users, if you are a poker fan or a sports better, you got to go check out coinpoker.com. Johan, not sure if you are a poker player or a sports better. I do a little bit of both, a little bit more sports betting than poker playing. But when I do, I always use coinpoker.com. Absolutely incredible. They have a mobile app. It's world-class. Whenever I'm on the go, I whip it out super quick, super fast, very easy, clean, sexy UX, UI. And I bet on a couple hands of Texas Hold'em or bet on some sports. They also offer instant and secure transactions using Tether, Ethereum, Bitcoin, or CHP tokens. CHP is their very own currency, which is done extremely well. CoinPoker users also get huge promotions as they give away thousands in fiat value every single week. And it was developed by an incredible team of blockchain technology-based people using an incredible platform. Absolutely love these guys. Highly recommend checking it out. And uh, one of the best parts as well, no KYC. If you want to fly under the radar and give CoinPoker a shot, takes two or three minutes to sign up you're up running you're dancing romancing that is coinpoker.com head on over to coinpoker.com and do check them out back to the show with johan here now i love the long-term vision that you and the team have at meme.com and one of the first things i thought of and you sort of just fortified this point um, speaking about the future of your organization but as someone who's in marketing as myself, and, and I'm always trying to find new ways to go viral and, and are trying to teach our team about memes for those who aren't too familiar with them, I could almost see some type of like meme academy. You don't even really need an academy because the day-to-day things that you do on meme.com, you're, you're constantly learning about them and being fully immersed in them. Is there any plans for that in the future where like, you know, companies are going to tell their marketers, hey, you got to go to meme.com to learn more about this? Totally. We're already seeing it. So um, just in the past months, two, two months or so, we've had one sponsored arena by MakerDAO. Wow. So people were, you know, creating memes of, of die and, and these things. Um, and then after that, we got approached by um, their currencies, Rye. It's also stable coin. So they wanted to do something similar. Right. And so as we more as more and more people, you know, um, become parts of the sort of meme council, which is is the DAO around meme.com, um, we aggregate all this the, the community aggregates all this memetic skill. And so having projects and people who want distribution to come and use the platform, they will hopefully get very, very high quality memes and passion from from the community because they really want to prove themselves. Why did you form a DAO? Did, do you think that was, was that an integral part of creating community? 
I think it's the way to go, yeah, for crypto produce. Can you just explain what a DAO is for our listeners at home who might be unfamiliar? So the term is a decentralized organization or decentralized autonomous organization. It's essentially a a comp or a project that don't run on um, real world uh, company, a real world company system, but it, it rather lives on chain. So you have token holders and you have people who put out um, propositions and token holders voting on what should be done and what shouldn't. And then profits uh, gets decided what should be done with and should some be rolled back to token holders. So it's essentially a decentralized way of, of, of running a company or a project. And so we think just the critical thing for us is having a community that is engaged and, and, and that feels that they are a part of what we do just as much as we are. And so running this as it's actually one one overarching DAO, but then every meme club is also a DAO. So it's it's a structure of it's a structure of incentives and and coordination around these these things that we're building. I, I like to think of DAOs as like back in the you know the medieval times when maybe there there wasn't an actual government and it was just a bunch of smaller tribes. Heck, not even medieval times. It still happens and countries around the world where you know you don't need to always go to the the big dogs up top to get in charge where everyone actually has an equal voice kind of thing if you chip in you know you get to you get to eat at the big boy table too it's it's such a cool aspect i can't that's actually a funny funny way to describe it yeah it's like it it sort of is it's sort of not but that's just for, for people who aren't in crypto that's sort of the the explanation I like to give there. Um, it's just incredibly interesting. I, I do want to talk about socials here. Obviously, you have you have Reddit, you have Twitter, you have Insta, probably the big three for memes. Um, but in the crypto space specifically, are there any hidden gems or are there any websites where you're like, wow, I, this is going to turn into a meme that aren't on those big three? Know your meme, obviously. Right. Um, meme, yeah. But also marble cards, looking at what is being marbled from Reddit and Twitter and, and Instagram and and yeah, no meme obviously. Outside of that, I personally don't use more than that. Twitter, to be honest, is like the the big information source for me when it comes to crypto. Same, yeah. Uh, I don't use TikTok, for example, even though I maybe should. But um, yeah, <laughs> you, you guys would crush it on TikTok. Yeah, you just it's the thing with TikTok is you gotta you need video content and yeah. a lot most memes are still photos. Yeah, for now, uh, but hope so. What we will work on is having these bounties. So we have the, the meme token, um, and we don't want to use much of it for like staking rewards, and, and this is what projects don't want to use them for. But we want to use it for creation bounties, basically. And so we can have one, one week or one, one time period. We're actually focusing on creating TikTok content and having people, having the token model support the efforts of people so they can actually give the effort and, and get something back. So I hope that the, the, the creation efforts of, of the platform will also follow the trends of even if a new platform comes up, then it can quickly adapt and start creating content relevant for that as well and crowdsource the best the best one. Oh, so you're a step ahead of the curve. That's uh, <laughs> no surprise there. Johan, this has been incredible. I, I, a couple more questions before we wrap up here. Um, the future of meme.com, what does that look like? Um, yeah, again, I want it to be a platform where anybody can come who is interested in, in diving deeper into memes, that they can understand which are popular memes, which ones should they know about, which ones are the valuable ones, and, and, and try to maybe get learnings from that they can use in their own marketing efforts or just you know social media efforts and, 
or things like that to stay ahead of the curve on, on what is trending and what is not trending. Obviously, you can see if memes are dumping as well. Uh, and then on the other side, being able to support meme creators, they don't have to be artists. They can just want to tell a story or want you know express themselves in different ways. If they're good at that, they should be able to be supported by the platform um, in return of the, the skill or the, the entertainment that they provide. Any quantitative goals? Like, do you want meme token to hit, I don't know, 100 bucks a coin? Do you want... Marvel card users to hit a one billion, billion, one billion market cap and one million daily actives. Just throwing one billion some number, nice. some number out there. Hey, that's uh, <laughs> that's an achievable goal. I absolutely love that. Any questions for me before we wrap up? Uh, not really. Good to go. I guess I did my job. Good to go. Yes, that was, was awesome. Hey, and, and last but not least, where can our listeners find you and meme.com on socials? Uh, I'm on Twitter at Unger. I'm most active in Discord and Discord channels. So if you want to talk to me, I would maybe recommend going there just to both stay uh, on top of the project, but also yeah, if you want to talk to me. Okay, and and now I have one follow up question to that Discord. I've been getting a lot more into Discord over the last couple of weeks. So many incredible NFT projects on Discord and just crypto projects in general. Are there any? Tips or hidden gems to get the most out of Discord to get every ounce of knowledge and future profitability out of Discord. What do you do? What do you recommend there? So we get I, I get a lot of the information flow from our own Discord. Uh, obviously, so we have a, like a very big community there. So I guess it's for me it's a bit different. But I've been super bullish on Discord since yeah since we start since we started Marvel Cards in, in twenty eighteen. So I would highly recommend everyone to get very very really put in the effort to learn how it works. Um, if there, if you don't know where to go, I'm maybe look at some of the popular DAOs like Friends with Benefits or some of the others. Check out which which are the most popular ones. Uh, I think that is a good way to get information maybe before um, stay ahead of the curve. Right, hundred sort percent. Of. And also the Mar- the Marvel Card slash Discord. That's a great great place to hang out. It is, and we will plug all of that in the show notes. Johan, thank you so much for coming on. You are a classic Swede. You are you and your countrymen and women are just the creme de la creme, just uh, great people, absolutely phenomenal people. And as a huge hockey fan, tons of respect for you guys. Everyone in the hockey community is always like the classiest people. They just do everything the right way um, and, and it shows. So appreciate you coming on. Uh, really big fan of meme.com and wish you guys all the best moving forward and would love to have you on for round two. Totally. Uh, thank you for saying that. Warms my heart. <laughs> No problem. Folks, this was Johan Unger from meme.com. What a treat of an episode. As a huge meme fan, this one hit home. I absolutely love this and some great knowledge bombs as well. We are always dropping on Mondays and Thursdays in the summer and back to Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays when September rolls around. Appreciate you all listening. Love you all. Stay safe. Do your thing. Keep on making those bags. Keep growing those bags. Love you all and we'll talk soon. Bye for now.